It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the 12th floor, 50-pin place in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, welcome to the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. We, of course, are doing this from the home of News Radio 1000, KTOK, and 1340 The Game, and this afternoon... Sam Presti's going to be my co-host. You are going to hear a lot from Sam Presti as he had a press conference today, met with the media for the first time since the draft, and covered a multitude of topics. So we'll hear Sam Presti talk about Russell Westbrook when he'll be back, when we can expect Andre Robertson getting back, what role he envisions for Dennis Schroeder, the legal issues with Dennis Schroeder, the culture change going on with the Thunder, or at least what the Thunder culture is like and what playing with Russell Westbrook is like and how good of a teammate is Russell Westbrook. That will that will get addressed today. And then Patrick Patterson or Jeremy Grant, who starts in that four role as the season starts. So those are the big topics we'll cover today. Um, real quick, I want to introduce myself. My name's Eric G. I've covered the Thunder for five years. I work for 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK. And a very big shout out to Randy Renner for gathering all the audio today for the uh, Sam, from the Sam Presti press conference so we can play it for you. We will have the entire press conference up at LockedOnThunder.com at some point tonight. And then tomorrow we'll go back and revisit the press conference and hit on the things that we didn't get an opportunity to hit on today. If you like what you hear, please go to LockedOnThunder.com. We have our podcast archive and, of course, video and audio from players, coaches, and people in the front office. Sam Presti having his big press conference today, dropping a bomb on everyone at the end that his wife gave birth to twins. Congratulations to Sam. Maybe I should have saved that for later. Nah, Get that out of the way now and tell Sam congratulations and uh, he's going to have his hands full for the next few months. Not only with basketball, but now with the kids as well. Russell Westbrook, Andre Robertson. How soon can we expect these guys back? And when they are back, how effective are they going to be? Sam, take it away. Well, first, we would never push Russell or any player for that matter like onto the floor because of a specific um, date. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the season starts on this date. So you, I think that that would be foolish, and we've never done that. So we wouldn't, we wouldn't start doing that now. Um, he's going to be reevaluated. Um, you know, it, it was a pretty minor thing that he had to have done. Um, and he'll be back. You know, we'll see how that reevaluation, reevaluation goes. But then you've got to work through um, – rehab to you know non-contact to contact to you know and then you got to get back to the level that you play at normally so it's a process but um having Dennis is it kind of a separate thing I think than really that's not determining Russell's 
recovery. Um, having Dennis is great for us. I think, um, as I said before, there's silver linings in all of the different adversities that we faced over the years, even though at the time <laughs> some of them have been hard to, uh, to, to identify. But I think that's one of the things that we're most proud of is when we are delivered situations, whether they're um, uh, within our control or not. Okay, how do we make this positive? How do we work on this? And I think with Dennis, I mean, he's going to get a ton of opportunity to work with um, uh, Paul George, Billy Donovan, his new teammates. Um, we're going to learn a lot about his game. Um, to me, that's that's a great opportunity. Of course, it makes it a lot better going through that, knowing that Russell's coming back pretty soon. Um, but um, what can we scrape out of this situation to inform us of how we can be a better team? Um, in some ways, it compartmentalizes things. You're going to be having to do a lot of things uh, in training camp. And now, unfortunately, without Russell, that's going to limit what you can do with that. So it allows you to put that much more focus on building the infrastructure of the team without Russell and then allowing him to assimilate back. I, I feel like I should touch Andre just because I think the next question is going to be Andre. So I've done this long enough to just save everybody the time. Um, so <clears throat> with respect to Dre, he's doing well. He's um, back on the floor. He's, he's going to go through parts of training camp with us. Uh, non-contact, so he'll do, you'll probably see him shooting. You might see him doing some scripting. Um, he's got to work himself from uh, the non-contact part to contact, and then obviously he's got to get back to like performance, which would be game situations. Um, I can't tell you exactly when that's going to be. Um, we don't think we're going to be without, without him very long. But, um, again, this is medicine. This is human performance. This is body. So sitting up here and saying this is when that's going to happen, I I can't tell you. All I can tell you is that he's doing a lot more this week than he was doing last week, um, and he's he's through the, the hardest part of this recovery process, um, and he's back with the ball in his hands and 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 scripting things and on the treadmill and all those types of stuff. But then he's got to get to the point where we can put him in contact situations and comfortable with that. And once he passes those benchmarks, then he'll be able to get back on the floor um, in a competitive situation. So, um, But both of those guys, we feel, we feel good that we'll have them at some point relatively early in the year. Why does Andre Robertson have a ball in his hands? Am I the only one that caught that? He's not going to handle the ball. He's not going to be a. He's not playing point guard anytime soon. And we certainly don't want him shooting unless that improves in the next few months. So just get him back on the floor, get him playing defense, and and everything will be fine. As far as Dennis Schroeder stepping in for Russell Westbrook, and it's Schroeder, not Schroeder. And I know I've been mispronouncing that, and I've heard everybody say it both ways. So. I like the fact that Dennis Schroeder and Russell Westbrook can play very similar games because it's going to make that transition from Russell Westbrook or from Dennis Schroeder back to Russell Westbrook a lot, a lot less awkward for the guys involved. Now, it'll still be awkward some, and we've seen with the Thunder, you followed them long enough to know that when players are injured and they come back in the fold, it doesn't always happen it's not an easy transition for the team and for that person. Russell Westbrook coming in for Dennis Schroeder should be a little bit easier simply because their styles are that similar. The other thing that I like about Schroeder, if he plays the role that the Thunder envision him to play, which they're not saying what that is right now, but if he plays that type of point guard, then when Russ is off the floor and Dennis comes in, 
guys will be able to assimilate as well. It's just, it, it's not going to be that awkward. And as far as what Schroeder's future is with the Oklahoma City Thunder, I'm still not convinced he's going to stay here past the trade deadline. I can be completely completely wrong. But I also get the sense that listening to Sam Presti, it's a long evaluation process for Dennis Schroeder. So, from training camp all the way up until the trading deadline, they're going to have a good idea, and there's enough data in that time period to figure out if this guy's going to work with you or not. The first couple of weeks won't be a good judge, even with him getting opportunity to play alongside these guys during training camp. It's going to take time, and Andre Robertson, the sooner the better. He gets back and some normalcy sits in for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Sam was asked about what they envision for Dennis Schroeder, and is he a guy similar to Reggie Jackson? Well, I mean, <clears throat> so first thing with Dennis, it, it, the thing with him that really struck me, um, when you really start to dig into him and and um, think about him, is he, the guy's 24 years old. I mean, he's, he's, he's younger than Steven. He's younger than um, Alex. Um, he's he's the same age as Jeremy. He's the same age as uh, who else is in that group? I was looking at it. Anyway, twenty four is young. <laughs> uh, he's but he's got a ton of experience, which I think is really beneficial. So, um, what kind of role do we foresee him in? I don't know. I think his skill set. Um, is really, really well aligned to the way that we and Billy, uh, you know, sees the team playing. Um, and Billy specifically, like, really feels like pain attacks are, are going to be really important for our team. And Dennis is a guy that lives in the paint, and having multiple people that can do that creativity, creatively um, is, I think, an important part for our team. Um, I wouldn't want to... Um, any limitations or say we you need to be this person um we have had a lot of success with a player like like that um that like a, a dynamic ball handler uh with russell um and uh you know so i think there's opportunity there but he's gonna have to develop that and he has a lot of work to do i mean he's only 24 and his best basketball is way in front of him um and uh you know obviously for him, like maybe the biggest impact he can have on our team right away is defensively, and he has the chance to be a, 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 an elite defender, and we've got to get him back to that. Well, I'm going to disagree with Sam Presti. You know, far be it for me to tell him how to run his team, but I, I do believe that Sam Presti wasn't 100% truthful there. I do believe that the Thunder have always asked guys to fit into the roles that they want to fit them into. And when they don't, they get rid of them. Carmelo Anthony, great example of that. He didn't fit the role that the Thunder wanted him to play. Reggie Jackson didn't fit that role. Um, eventually, James Harden didn't fit that role. And Jeremy Lamb, they do have they do have expectations of where they think you can fit. And if you don't fit, you're on the first thing smoking. And that's something that Dennis Schroeder has to keep in the back of his mind, that if he wants to stay in Oklahoma City, if this is where he really feels the most comfortable and feels like he's got an opportunity to contribute, then he better fit and check all the boxes that Sam Presti has in store for him. Because if not, then he'll be out of here just like a lot of other guys before him. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. 
Do yourself a favor. Grab your iPhone. Grab your Samsung. Whatever phone you have and either go to the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store and download the VividSeats.com app and get tickets to any Thunder game you want to get tickets to, either home, on the road, get tickets to any concert you want tickets to. It is a great online ticket marketplace, and they've got a 100% guarantee, so your seats are always guaranteed. And in fact, we want to save you a little money here at the Locked On Podcast Network. All you have to do is enter the promo code Locked On and purchases over $200. We will save you 20 bucks on those. Want to go see Metallica? Want to go see Robert Plant? Want to go see the Thunder? Want to go see OU or OSU? You can do that at VividSeats.com. The app is quick, it is easy, and it's fun It's fun to use. It's fun to just see what they have. I, I love it, and uh, I'll be buying from Vivid Seats quite often this year, which will make my wife happy because she likes to go out and go to concerts. But that's VividSeats.com. Right now, enter the promo code Locked On and get $20 off orders of $200 or more. Coming up next on the Locked on Thunder podcast, what did Paul George signing say about the culture of Oklahoma City and playing alongside Russell Westbrook? We'll have that via the Locked on Thunder podcast right here on the Locked on Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Sooners is out now as well, so please download that podcast at uh, Apple iTunes, at Google, at Alexa, at Stitcher, at Spotify. That's Locked on Sooners, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Eric G. This is the Locked on Thunder Podcast. Um, Sam Presti. (laughs) I can't believe this is like the third or fourth question. Uh, Sam was asked today, but Paul George re-signs. And uh, Barry Trammell from the Oklahoman did ask did ask Sam Presti about the culture here in Oklahoma City and what Paul George is signing not only says about how Oklahoma City treats players, but what does it also say about guys wanting to play next to Russell Westbrook? I don't know. I mean, I think um, I don't want to speak to for, for all the players that have been here. You know what I'm saying? But um, we, we've we've had a lot of players that tell us that they've had great experiences here, that they enjoy playing here, um, and um, a lot of times by the way that those comments are made is because we're constantly asking them like, what can we do better? Like, where can we improve? Um, like, you know, what does it mean to play for the Thunder? Um, how do you want to be remembered playing here? Um, what should it feel like to play for the organization? Um, we want to know because we don't have all the answers. And we, I think everyone here could probably attest if you've been here for 10 years that we've really evolved as an organization and we should. Um, we've learned a lot. Um, we we, we want to be a learning organization. We want to constantly be pushing ourselves to figure out what we can do better. And I think um, we're always asking those questions. I don't know how big a factor 
um, that was in, in, in Paul's decision. I think it did matter. Um, but uh, we want to um, we want to stand for more than what we do. And I think people can feel that. And um, we also need to own the fact that we, we don't have all the answers and we got to keep working. You can never take anything for granted other than not, – not other than, but in, the number one thing is, is like you got to realize that players are people and they um, need um, support um, and they also need – they need to be challenged as well at certain times. And, and you got to have some hard conversations with people and you got to be honest with them. And I think that that's a big part of the environment we want to have. Um, I don't think you can get anywhere in, in an environment where you're appeasing people, but I do think you can get um, very far in an environment where you have some empathy, some honesty, um, and some clarity. And that's, that's all you can hope for. With Russell, um, <clears throat> again, like we don't are not totally exposed to the narratives because Nick Collison and I had this conversation a, a, a number of times it's just like we live in the reality so going outside of that to get to get insight doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense because we are actually living there every day we need know what's going on that doesn't diminish the importance or the role of opinion uh uh, people writing or talking about we want that that is healthy like every time you guys cover the team like that's so good for our organization but the narratives that exist outside or why they're out there the, those of us that work in the industry and that work inside the building every day you know we we know like it's the nba has become an incredible entertainment business and i think one of the biggest challenges that every team has is keeping your eye on the ball, not to use the Ted Williams example, but like you, to keep your eye on the ball of like, okay, what's important to us? What, what's really driving us to be um, the best we can be, to build a legacy for the organization? And how much is that distracting <laughs> if we know that that's not accurate? Um, uh, so I don't necessarily think that people uh, that have played with Russell uh, uniformly would say that. Um, do I think that he raises the bar in some areas? He does. He does raise the bar in some areas. Do I think there's things he can improve on? Absolutely. And I think he would tell you that himself. Um, I've never known him to um, resist, you know, honest, candid dialogue or conversation. I, I just don't know that. I've never seen him disrespect a coach. I've never seen him disrespect, um, you know, a teammate in a way that, He's verbasive. I mean, he's emotional. Um, and and that's the league we play in. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't want to take the emotion away from our players. But at the end of the day, we have to respect one another for sure. But that's, I think, Russell's a guy that shows up at Nick Collison's retirement party. You know, um, he's at Paul George's fishing event. He's, I mean, he he's behind the scenes at all those things and I think that that stuff does matter um, but he's growing evolving also you know and that's the great thing about um, him is he wants to constantly get better but we in other words Russell Westbrook is a good teammate he'll jump your ass when needs to be jumped 
and he's getting a little bit better about maybe not jumping your ass when it doesn't necessarily call for it. He's learning how to walk away. That's that that's the end. That's how all that translates there from what Sam Presti said. And listening to it at first, I was thinking, okay, so you're going to deny that you don't hear the narratives, but Sam didn't do that. Sam didn't deny that they hear the narratives. And I would imagine when you brought Paul George in. Now, granted, Paul and Russ had known each other from USA Basketball, and they had known Carmelo Anthony. But I would think anytime you bring someone in that doesn't know Russell Westbrook, you're still fighting that narrative because that is out there and it is permeating in the NBA. And even if you're around the truth, you still have to do a good job of selling what that truth is so that people will buy it, be it Paul George or anybody else. So that's always going to be something that the Thunder have to live with because whether it's Colin Cowherd or somebody else, somebody will always find a way to knock down Russell Westbrook, whether he deserves it or not. And as far as the culture goes, Sam Presti, everything that Sam Presti said right there, it usually gets echoed by people within the organization, people like Ennis Canner. But here's the one thing that you got to keep in mind. It's like any other job. If you have a great experience at that job, it is a great place to work. If you have a crappy experience at that job, it's a miserable place to work. So you will always see the world through your lenses. And for a guy like Reggie Jackson, the thunder wasn't so good. For Russell Westbrook, for Paul George... In his canner, it's a great place. For Kevin Durant, who the hell knows? He's probably still trying to figure it out himself. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up next, we answer one of the burning questions, or at least try to answer one of the burning questions. Patterson or Grant? Who starts at that power forward position? It's all right here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Best of Sam Volume 2 will probably be out, I'm thinking, around 6 o'clock tomorrow night. So you'll have this one and the other ones. It's kind of double as weekend listening for all your Thunder needs. And don't forget, Locked On Sooners is out. We're building that podcast. OU gets ready to play Army. And you can get that podcast and all the other Locked On podcasts at LockedOnSports.com, at iTunes, Alexa, Google, Spotify, Locked On Podcast Network, or the Locked On Podcast Network is your number one local podcast network. It's your team every day. We finish things up with one of the big burning questions for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and that is who gets to start at four? Will it be Jeremy Grant? Will it be Patrick Patterson? Eric Horn from the Oklahoman asking Sam Presti today, hey, do you end up starting Patrick Patterson because the dude can shoot better than Jeremy Grant and you need that extra three-pointer in there? Or you need that extra three-point shooter? Well, here's Sam Presti. One of the things that I think is really important um, with – 
you know, in general, but with Billy, is you, we, we have to let Billy make those decisions. So, um, you know, he's he, the other thing about Billy is he he he's always asking for opinions. <laughs> he like he's a, he's a, he's a, he's, a, he's a constant learner. So, um, you know, uh, it doesn't matter you what role you play in the organization. He he will he will ask you. You know, and that's I think what makes him great is um, he's curious. And but at the end of the day, um, he he knows that you know he has to make the calls. He has to make the decisions. Like he's in charge of what happens. Um, you know, on the you know once the once the ball's tipped up and uh, once we're competing, he makes all the decisions re- relative to what happens between the lines. I know he likes both those players, <laughs> so. Um, Jeremy and Pat, yeah. Um, so it will be interesting to see, um, you know, what he does there. But the uh, the other thing is, I thought he did a really interesting thing last year. And this is one of the reasons why I think he's, um, you know, such a valuable piece to the organization. I, we had a, you know, with with Mello and Patrick, Jeremy. There's not a lot of minutes there at the four, and I thought that his ability to get Jeremy into that five position. Um, and, and, and find that created value for the organization. And I think that's a really, really important part to the role of a head coach in today's NBA is you have to be able to carve your own pieces because of the and, – and development being a huge component of that. Because of the limitations of the cap and the system um, – uh, and just how good the other teams are, how good the scouting is, analytics have, you know, it used to be that having the numbers was a huge advantage. Um, now it's not, you can get those off the internet, and now it's implementation of the numbers and not just how you imp- implement them, but you're implementing them against a field that's all using the same thing, so how big of an advantage is it now? So uh, Billy, I think, has always tried to to, to, to stay ahead of that. And with um, Jeremy, he found a way to create value, play him at the five. Now with Nerlens, who we think is a pretty interesting player for, for our team and, and, and our identity of play, um, you know, we probably see Jeremy a little more four, you know, depending on what role Nerlens plays. But I mean, I, just like you guys, I'm interested to see how it comes together. Uh, I do think that there's a lot to work with. There will be some decisions that have to be made, but that's why, you know, that's why he's a head coach, and I, I think he'll do a great job with it. Make no mistakes. Who Sam Presti will decide who plays. Who, whoever Sam Presti wants to play that role will play that role. And, and not that I think that Billy Donovan has a diminished role inside the organization. I do believe he gets to make decisions, but ultimately it rests on Sam Presti's shoulders. So if Sam Presti believes that Grant is better to start than Patrick Patterson or vice versa... That's exactly what's going to happen. The other thing in layman's terms, Grant's versatile. We can put him at multiple spots, but now that we've got Nerland's Noel, I want him at the four more, and he is the future. Patrick Patterson is not. Patrick Patterson's a nice guy to have, but ultimately Grant's a guy that we're going to rely on much longer than Patrick Patterson. So you're going to see him get a lot of minutes. Who starts? I still think it's Grant. Maybe I'm wrong. I like the idea of Patterson starting more just because I believe the Thunder need as much three-point shooting as they can possibly get. That's the Best of Sam Volume 1. I'm Eric G. Tomorrow on the podcast, it's the Best of Sam Presti Volume Number 2 where we will talk talk about what kind of team the Thunder want to be 
and we'll delve into that and we'll let Sam explain everything. But until tomorrow, everybody love everybody and peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.